Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, with more than half a century of award-winning broadcasting experience. It's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks for Ready, Set, Retire. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected portfolio manager and senior vice president at Canaccord Genuity, who has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for over two decades. We're here to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies and health matters and so much more. Whether you're thinking about your retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, as we head into the new year, it's a good time to take stock and think about how you can work towards your retirement goals over the coming 12 months. Exactly. When it comes to retirement planning, the key is to start early and really try to think about your goals and your needs and what you're going to want to do in retirement, right? You actually have one third of your life now in retirement. So you want to figure out how you're going to spend all those wonderful days and years. And retirement planning isn't a a one-time exercise or monitoring your accounts and implementing strategies that really help you progress towards your goals should, should be an ongoing process. And these are conversations we have with clients often because life changes, um, needs change. And it's not a one and done kind of scenario. You want to continue working on your financial plan, your retirement plan as you go on through the years and, uh, and make sure that it's kept up to date for any of life's changes. Well, today on Ready, Set, Retire, we are discussing financial tips for 2022. We're going to talk about Lori's market outlook for the year, what you should do financially to set 2022 off to a good start, how to be retirement ready this year, and the steps to take to get started on your financial plan today. So thanks for joining us for this first Ready, Set, Retire of 2022, loaded with financial tips and tricks for your financial success. And Lori, after a strong recovery in the markets after the pandemic began in 2020, what is your outlook for the year ahead of us? Hmm, let me get my crystal ball out for you, John. Ooh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, hmm. there's definitely themes that we're seeing in the markets and, and we had such a strong 2021. And, you know, if, if you ever turned on the news, you would have thought to yourself the world was coming to an end still, yet the stock market kept on rising, right? And and that perplexes a lot of people. But it's almost normal when you come out of a, a sharp decline or the crash of the pandemic, you get this sort of bumpy recovery and then off to kind of a, a bull market. And so there's you know a lot of reasons why we think the bull market will continue, of course, things can be thrown our way. We get curveballs all the time in uh, in my industry. And, and the, the one recently was Omicron, obviously, right? And markets reacted and recovered and, and went on to hit new highs. That Santa Claus rally did come at the end of 2021. So we we're happy to see that. Thank you, Santa. Thank you, Santa. And Lori. Thank you, Santa. <laughs> and Lori. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> no, it was a good end to the portfolios for sure for clients. And so we're happy to see that because, you know, we didn't want to sell into the Omicron scare be- until we really understood how it was affecting people. And of course, that takes uh, some weeks. But again, the world still turns. We almost have to kind of live with COVID because I don't think we're going to be without it for a long time. So why are we still bullish on markets for the year ahead? 
While corporate earnings growth, the main driver to stocks heading higher is due to corporate profits. And if we continue to see that grow, then we would continue to see markets move higher as well. Last year, we saw a strong rebound in earnings, over 40% from 2020. Again, that's going to be a little bit muted, right? You're not going to see those kind of earnings growth numbers because we're now, you know, comparing to 2021 when things got a little bit better. The second reason to remain bullish is the global economic recovery. We're not done. There's still uncertainty out there. We have supply chain issues. We have other variants of covid And when people are able to really move freely again, because we have lockdowns completely in some areas and minor lockdowns in others, and when that finally comes to an end and everyone, you know, questions when that will happen, and we don't know. But what we do know is that, again, the world continues. And so the global economic recovery will likely continue. What we saw last year is that when news came out, there was just a big change between sectors. So you would see like copper stocks doing well and then airlines doing well, and then all of a sudden technology gets hit. So again, you had to move around quite a bit last year. I think this year we'll we'll see some sectors emerge as leaders and stay leaders for some time. The last is continued stimulus. So Biden's social spending bill, the U.S. passed the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill in November and are working on another $2 trillion social spending bill, further supporting the economy. And again, that keeps on kind of getting passed and on hold, getting passed. So we'll see if that goes through. So after, again, strong years in the market where indices gain over 20%, markets are positive, actually, uh, 70% of the time the next year and typically increase closer to their average of 8 to 10%. So just, again, that kind of historical data is telling us that Even though last year was a good year, this year could also be a pretty good year for investors. Fantastic. Uh, What particular areas do you think will do well this year? Definitely financials, materials, commodity type stocks. When you think of agriculture, lumber, copper, those are areas that we're focused on. Financials tend to do well when interest rates are moving higher. So that's another area. Then you have this other trade that could emerge, such as travel stocks, hotels, and things like that, depending on what happens going forward with COVID. And even though they got a real big bump when the vaccine was announced, you've seen them sell off over kind of the last three to six months, I guess. And so that could be another trade going forward that could also boost returns for the portfolios. So industrials, materials, energy is always a questionable one. Uh, It's difficult to predict where oil goes. There's so many different moving parts with the price of oil. You've got supply and demand, you've got OPEC, you've got problems in certain countries that can cause oil to spike. So again, that's something we're keeping our eye on. And if the economy really gets going and gets moving again, you're going to see possibly a a surge in demand for oil. So we'll see where that goes. But the areas to be in are industrials, materials, financials, and still some technology. Have some exposure to that We still have exposure to retailers and such as well as things that get better. Well, it sounds like it's going to be at least a pretty good year, but uh, there are always risks. So what do you see that's risky for 2022 and how can those impact the markets? When we're taking a look at risk uh, in the market, there's a few things that we're focused on, such as inflation. Peak inflation may, in fact, be behind us as supply chain issues kind of ease And we'll be following commodity prices as well and whether that price appreciation starts to slow. 
Last year, we had inflation peak at 4.7% in Canada and 6.8% in the U.S. due to also those supply chain issues that I was talking about. And so if they get resolved, that can help. Interest rates moving higher. That's where the market at the beginning of 2022 has gotten off to a little bit of a bumpy start. I mean, markets are maybe down 1% now. It's it's not a huge deal. But again, something to just note that the talk about interest rates moving higher frightens the market somewhat. But that is usually short term in nature because when rates are moving higher, it means the economy is doing well and it means then stocks tend to do well. They'll usually move interest rates up too far too fast and that would be an issue, but it's not going to be an issue for 2022. So, you know, and then of course, COVID, different variants, all that kind of stuff. But you know, seeing how transmissible this Omicron is, I mean, hopefully this is going to go from a pandemic to an endemic and, uh, you know, it will be treated as such. But again, we'll have to see as we see uh, this thing peak in many countries, we'll get more answers, really, because it's too early to tell. If inflation has peaked and, and it's going to either stay level or start to come down, does that take pressure off of the central bank's need to raise interest rates? For sure. So that is kind of the what I'm looking at. So when you look at the Fed and they released their minutes or notes and, you know, that was from early December, actually. And so they didn't realize how big Omicron was going to get and how transmissible it was going to be and that we would see further lockdowns. So that kind of information may have them adjust what they're saying. They may not have three rate increases this year. And that's kind of what I'm leaning on. That, that's the way I would look at it. I'm, I, I would be surprised if they could raise rates as fast as they're saying, especially if inflation stays somewhat stable now. If we get some decent reads that inflation has flatlined, then maybe they won't be as aggressive this year. And so, again, something that we're watching and the, and the markets would welcome that, John, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now that we're in 2022, let's talk about some of your tips for financial success 2021 is officially behind us, and it is a good opportunity to look ahead and think about how we can set ourselves up for a financially healthy 2022. So what personal savings tips do you recommend for people to follow this year? Well, I think reviewing your spending and, and so on. And again, we're having a lot a lot of issues of people not spending enough. But again, it's been COVID. So what do you spend on, right? And so sometimes that just sparks more conversation about early gifting or plans for the future, that sort of thing. So Create a spending plan for yourself and and see where the money is going. You know, if you're taking income from your portfolio and you notice that it's building up in your bank account, in your savings account, then at that point, you may want to say, you should reduce my income. I may not need it all. So those are the conversations I would be having here in 2022. Talk about how easy it is to misjudge your spending when your financial picture is complicated or complex. You know, it can be easy to misjudge spending. I think a lot of little things come up here and there. But again, that's why we do a financial plan because you don't want to judge your spending from, you know, month to month necessarily. We need to take a look at it over the years, right? We need to, one, ensure that the portfolios are invested properly so we're getting a good return above inflation. Uh, You can't just hoard your money and put it in the bank and you know, buy a 1% GIC and and then lose 5% to inflation. So it, it can be difficult to misjudge kind of how much you spend. But, you know, if you keep track for a month or two, it can give you some general ideas. A lot of people don't know how much they spend, for sure, John. I'm sitting in a lot of meetings where people aren't sure. And I always say, well, is the money coming in 
the end of the month, do you have any leftover or are you short, right? That tells me whether the income that they're taking is too much or too little. So sometimes I have to do it reversed in order to get the numbers for a financial plan, which is fine, right? I mean, I don't expect a lot of people to keep a budget, you know, with the age group that I'm dealing with anyway. Absolutely. What kind of tips do you have for people who are now reevaluating their investment accounts, maybe thinking about, are they in the right place? Are they with the right financial planner, financial advisor, if indeed they have one? For sure. You want to make sure that your investment accounts are being reviewed or the portfolios that are being managed uh, for you. You want to take a look at what your asset allocation looks like right now, right? How much do you have in stocks, bonds, and money market? And just make sure that uh, you're having those conversations about the bond market. If your advisor is not uh, that proactive, then maybe you need to bring it up to them and go, you know what? Um, I've got 40% of my portfolio in bond funds is or, or individual bonds. Is that where I should be when interest rates are moving higher? Uh, again, we proactively make those changes for people, but again, they know where our head is at because we, we talk about it either, you know, on the radio or also sending out our weekly market comment to clients and having portfolio reviews. We've been reducing exposure to fixed income for eight months now because equities are doing so much better. And so that's something that I would say you'd have to review in your accounts. And and I think that's really important because you could end up losing money, which a lot of people did last year with the wrong bond funds. Okay. So it depends on what sector of the bond market you're in. And, uh, and that should be reviewed with a financial advisor for sure. The other thing I would say is you just want to make sure that your portfolio is protected against inflation as well too, right? In terms of what sectors you're in, there's sectors that perform a lot better during inflationary times. So if you're sitting in a lot of, you know, high, high dividend paying stocks, then you actually may see those not do well when rates start to rise. So when you think of telecommunications companies, utilities, real estate investment trusts, they may not be the outperformers when rates start moving higher, as we've seen historically. What about taking advantage of registered plans? Yeah, RSP contributions are important. Again, you want to evaluate where you are in life as you get closer and closer to retirement like one, two, maybe three years out, it may not make sense to do a contribution because you're going to have to start pulling it out at full pop at some point, right? And that adds to your income. So again, that is really a question that's very personal and individual to each client. And so we always have a financial planner involved in in making those decisions for people. But realistically, you're not that close to retirement, you know, five, 10 years out that you do want to make RSP contributions and you want to max them out. I max out mine. I believe in in RSPs, although I do know that a lot of people, when they start drawing on their RSPs, when they're forced to start taking money out and pay tax, they just hate it. They wonder why they invested in an RSP in the first place. And, and remember, there's two reasons. One, you get the deduction uh, right away, but also the many, many years of tax-free growth. Tax-free growth is the best thing since sliced bread, John. So that goes into you know tax-free savings accounts too. So we definitely want people to max out their tax-free savings accounts in 2022. 
we automatically do it for most of our clients. It doesn't happen in a day because we've got so many TFSAs, but we do it in the first few weeks of January. And so we have a lot of people on that automatic list. And remember with a TFSA, if you have a TFSA when you pass away, it's one of the best types of estate planning that you can have just because, again, you can pass it to whoever you want without paying any tax. And it's got tax-free growth throughout the years that you have it. And you can take the money out, frankly, if you need it. So, so yeah, so definitely TFSAs are good. And what's the maximum that you can have in a TFSA over a lifetime? Uh, it's 82000 approximately at this time. And you're able to put 6000 in. Every year. Every year. And hopefully they increase it. Remember, it was up to 10000 and then uh, Trudeau reduced it back down. So that's unfortunate because, uh, like I said, it's a great way for Canadians to uh, to save for themselves and and do some smart estate planning as well. As a retirement expert, I'm sure that people are always asking you, when is a good time to retire? Can I retire? And how should I go about planning for it? So what are some of the answers that you give? The answer to that question depends on your personal situation. You know, it's different for everyone, but the best time to plan for retirement is the same for everyone. The earlier, the better. Talk to your financial advisor. We're not mind readers. We don't know that you want to pull the plug in uh, three months from now. So so that's a conversation you want to have, or if like you're selling your business, any of that kind of information would be very helpful. And you, you just want to plan ahead. And, and I often say to people, you know, retire when you have enough. And if you have enough to retire and you have some hobbies, then it's, uh, you know, you don't always have your health forever or your mobility. And I see that. So people often work too long and they could have retired earlier. And I always say that people are almost busier in retirement sometimes than they were when they were working. They're just doing things that they love now. That's the difference. So that would be my advice to people looking to retire in 2022. Everybody is planning to retire at some point. So as you say, the earlier you start saving, the the better off you'll be. But when you get within striking distance of retirement, say five, four years out, then is the time to start thinking about what kinds of issues. You want to start planning five years out if you can. You know, some people have pensions that we have to review, right? Like when you talk about teachers or firefighters or policemen, right? They have different options. And if they work to a certain age, how much income can they expect? Where on the other side, people who don't have pensions to rely on, we have to look at how much is in their portfolio and take a look at uh, if retirement is possible within five years, right? I think that's what most people want to know. And and I often say, how much are you going to spend in retirement And a lot of people aren't sure. And especially with COVID, it's made things a little bit more uncertain. People go, well, I was planning to travel here, travel the world, go to Mexico for three months. And obviously that's not happening the way that it should have. But again, we'll get back to that at some point. The world gets over everything uh, in history, and I'm sure we'll be over this at some point as well. So think about how much you're going to spend, get that financial plan done if you haven't had one, and talk to your financial advisor five years out if possible. In terms of thinking about a retirement lifestyle, do you find that people's, I don't know, lifestyle or way of living, does it change that much from when they were working to now that they're retired? I mean, they don't go out and buy Lamborghinis or anything, right? No, no, or, they or don't. Or do they? No, they don't. <laughs> and they weren't doing that while they were working either. My clients uh, are, are all fairly frugal. So that's good good news. And so with that being said, uh, does lifestyle change? Um, I definitely saw more traveling pre-COVID. I mean, yeah. that, was, that yeah. was the goal of many. Not everybody. Some people don't travel. Some people like to stay closer to home. 
and I think just uh, spending time with family. I think that a lot of people do help out with grandchildren and stuff like that. I see that more. But in terms of costs, there are a lot of costs that go down. You're not driving as much. You're not spending as much on gas and clothes for work, that sort of thing. Eating out is another one because, you know, you're at the office all day. So, you know, you're not generally packing your own lunch. A lot of people would eat out. So costs kind of go down in one or a few areas and they go up in other areas. And that's what I was I was seeing pre-COVID. After deciding how close you are financially to retirement, uh, what happens next? What kind of thoughts do you have to uh, review in your own mind? I think when you're kind of two to three years out, especially if you own a business, this is where you really need to start thinking about the value of your business and see what is the next steps for you, right? Because you really have to plan that transition. A lot of people who are business owners, that is their baby they created and they don't want to just walk away from it. They want to make sure it continues. So You sell it to a family member. Do you sell it to an employee that's been working there for a long time? And if you do, how do you do that? So I think that's really important for those who have pensions. Again, reviewing those pension statements and options is also vital to figuring out three years out. And and then start talking to your spouse as well, if you have one, just about how you're emotionally feeling. I mean, talk to me. Everyone talks to me as well about that. I'm, I'm part counselor, not just a portfolio manager. Uh, but you have to think about the emotional take from that perspective. You know, how are you going to feel when you walk out that door? A lot of people choose to semi-retire or they choose to go back on contract or to do something else or to do something else for fun. They maybe don't need the money. You know, we had a client that moved up to Penticton for, I think it was a couple months and worked at a winery. Doing something like that is fun and keeps them busy. And so, again, that's just uh, kind of... My advice there for three years out. That's actually a great idea. Yes. Taking a few months and going to work in a winery. Exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> you meet a lot of people and you get fine wine. Holy moly. <laughs> things can't be better than that. <laughs> what are the things that you need to do in the final stretch toward retirement? You've decided, let's uh, let's get on with this. So then what's top of mind? I think what's uh, top of mind is just, again, making sure that you have enough money to retire and to draw income from and and where are you going to draw that income from, which as we call them buckets. I know very technical, but it makes sense to a lot of people. You got an RSP bucket. You may have a corporate account bucket. You may have a joint account bucket. And we wanted to take into account now income splitting and look at if you're going to have to apply for CPP, old age security. So all of those things you can start thinking about and getting ready for. And with RSP contributions, a lot of people may have extra room. We get that question quite a bit towards the, you know, end of their working years. Should I be doing a big lump sum? And again, that depends on if they're going to be drawing from that RSP like the next year, because that that might not be the best recommendation. But it really is determined when we kind of evaluate their income and versus all their different accounts and where their income will be coming out of. That's one year out. And, uh, you know, I always say plan a trip as well at that point and really, you know, get excited about this new stage of life. I do know people often go, oh, congratulations, you're retired. But for a lot of people, they have anxiety about retiring and, and that's real and that's okay, right? It's a big change for people. 
downsizing their home is another big change for people. So having a financial advisor where you can really talk to and communicate and have those conversations about how you're feeling, right? This isn't just about portfolios and returns. This is about, you know, big life changes and you should have a financial advisor that's there for you and can talk about these things. And after all that, you can finally retire and enjoy the fruits of your labor. What are the things you can do during your retirement years? Well, there's so much that you can do during your retirement years, whether it's traveling, eventually learning a new hobby. The great outdoors here in BC. I bought an electric mountain bike. It's fantastic. You can get up any hill. (laughs) Again, getting outside snowshoeing, you know, is something that people can do here in winter as well. So, you know, joining various clubs that you're interested in. I mean, I talk about my dad quite a bit, you know, he's of a garden club for palms and exotic other plants. We had him on the show before. So that's his passion. So everybody has an interest, maybe not even a passion yet, because you hadn't had, you didn't have the time to get involved, to be passionate about something because you're spending so many hours uh, at work, right? So whether it's art, uh, learning a new language, uh, mentoring people, so there's so many things that I see people do in retirement. And, you know, a lot of people, as they age, their interests will change as well. And I think being close to family, if, uh, again, if you have family you like, uh, you know, you can have them around uh, a lot more. So that's fantastic. What happens if you don't like them <laughs> or vice versa? <laughs> well, I see that as well, John. I I always say not everything is rainbows and butterflies in, yeah. in all families yeah. or relationships. In all honesty, what I see is is a lot of people uh, have that time to to spend quality time with their family, and and so it's it's nice to have that time instead of uh, spending more hours at the office. So again, if you can retire happy, retire uh, successfully, have um, that cash flow to, to keep you going till the end of your days, uh, then that's super positive. It's it's an exciting time to retire. You just have to be prepared. If it's on paper, your blood pressure is going to go down. You're going to feel good about making that decision. And that's why a financial and retirement plan is is so important. And also having, you know, good money managers managing the portfolio. Because, again, that's your nest egg. You don't have a chance to make it up again. So, so I would uh, advise people of that as well. All right. We like to wrap up every edition of Ready, Set, Retire with a quote, a thought. What do you have for us this week? You can get excited about the future. The past won't mind. I like that. Thank you, Dr. Lori. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. No, I, I think it's important, uh, you know, to be enthusiastic about what's coming. And looking back is important in my business to look at historical data and so on. But looking forward and being excited for the future and being ready for whatever is thrown at us, I think is really important. And I think we've all all learned to pivot when things happen out there. And I think 2022 is going to be a better year than 2021 was for, for many people out there. So let's talk again in December and uh, we'll see if I'm right. Well, we'll talk again in two weeks. How about that? <laughs> exactly. I'll guide everybody through all of 2022. Don't worry, I won't leave you hanging. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you uh, in a fortnight. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Always great to talk to you. Awesome. Thanks, John. Have a great day. That's all for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management. 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. 
Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.